Hi, my name is Robert McMahon. I'm the Connection Director here at Covenant Church, and I'm thrilled that you're listening. If you're checking us out for the first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and I'd like to take this chance to invite you to let us know that you're tuning in today. We'd love nothing more than to help you start building meaningful relationships and to join you on the journey of faith. Just go to bgcovenant.org connect and let us know how we can be in touch. With that said, let's dive in and listen together to this week's message. Thanks, Nick. Uh, Hi, yeah, so uh, for the next several weeks, we will be uh, reading the Psalms together as a community. And we hope you'll join us voices up here. I've got a couple weeks. Kyle's got a couple weeks. You'll hear from our elders. And we're all just picking a psalm, and we're going to read it together and see what it has to show us in our lives. And today, I'm kicking us off this week and next with Psalm 42. And I'd like to start today by simply reading it. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I'll remember you. From the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. There's some emotion there. A little bit of emotion. What stands out to me about this psalm, Psalm 42, is there's a kind of a really unique interplay between this desperation, this I'm downcast emotion, And then he speaks back to himself. Listen up, self. I will praise him again. And it goes back and forth. This emotional expressiveness and then, but have hope. And he goes back and forth. Uh, Yeah, why are you downcast, oh my soul? I'm on a diet of tears, he says. And yet, put your hope in God. Listen here, self. I will praise again. So he goes back and forth, and this week and next, we're going to explore both sides. Uh, this week, starting with the emotive part. Because I believe we're people who often don't know what to do with our emotions. We don't know how 
to express our emotions. Either we give them too much power or we avoid them altogether. And what's cool about the Psalms is that the Psalms offer a healthy outlet for our emotions. They help us see what to do, how we can experience life and experience God more fully through our emotions. The book of Psalms is unique And it's often called the language of prayer. Maybe you've heard that. Um, In part because everything is just out there. However I'm feeling, God, here it is. Unfiltered. And there's songs that are, and yes, I said songs, S-O-N-G, because these are actually lyrics. Uh, There's like instruments. It's like worship music. Um, And some of these songs, some of these lyrics are the highest of highs. Praise be to God. Everything's great. And then there are others that are the lowest of lows. My soul is downcast. And David, in some of these songs and some of the other writers, they'll say things in these low points. They'll say things to God, and you're like, I didn't know you could say that to God. Are you allowed to say that? And the answer is yes, because God's a big God, and he can handle our emotions, which is great news for us because we often mishandle our emotions, especially negative emotions. They're painful. Anger, deep sorrow. And so we do all sorts of things actually to try to avoid that. I don't want to feel that. We'll stuff it down. We'll ignore it. Everything's fine. I'm fine which gives too much power to those negative emotions because now we're not dealing with it. It has too much power because I can't even talk about it. I don't even want to address it. That's avoidance. Or we try to balance the scales a little bit. I have these negative things going on, these negative feelings, so I'm going to pursue lots of good things and maybe that'll weigh it out. Which is still avoidance, right? Because... I'm still not dealing with the thing. I'm just trying to pile on good stuff, and I'm pursuing this and that and the other. And it's still avoidance, because we're avoiding the things that our emotions are trying to tell us. It's sort of like a pet peeve. Pet peeves. There are things that others do that bother you to the core. Everybody's got them. Nobody's exempt from this. We all have pet peeves. Things like chewing loudly. Some of you are squirming now. You have your classic group chat, which no one likes. Well, somebody likes because I always have them in my phone. But I don't like them. Maybe you also don't like them. The group chat. Ping, ping, ping. Um, Or when someone says, no offense, after saying something clearly offensive. (laughs) For our southern friends... Uh, This is the same as saying, uh, bless your heart. Uh, It's the same idea. It's still offensive. That's the ugliest baby I've ever seen, bless his heart. It's still offensive. Or this is a newer one. Um, Using the speech-to-text feature of your phone in public. Hmm. Especially when there's big pauses in between your thoughts, because I don't know about you, but I think you're done, and then I start talking, and then your phone hears my words intermingled with your words, and it's a whole mess, and 
we could avoid the whole thing if you would just please, when in public, just clumsily text with your thumbs like the rest of us. We'd, we'd all appreciate it. One of my biggest pet peeves is slow drivers in the fast lane. Quick PSA, here we go. If you weren't aware, when there are multiple lanes of traffic, you may use the leftmost lanes to pass slower traffic, but then you get back over because there might be other traffic that are going faster than you are. And if you're in the slow lane, you're clogging things up and you're in the way and frustrating people like me. Get over. We just recently took a trip to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we were moving uh, my brother-in-law from his apartment, and uh, I was assigned the task of driving the truck and the trailer there and back to move all the stuff. And I experienced this pet peeve on a whole new level that I didn't even know was possible. You see, unlike our beloved flatlands of Northwest Ohio, there are parts of the country where the land goes up and down. And especially if you have a heavy load, there's a certain degree of skill involved in order to make parts of the trip like that more efficient. You can use the downhill momentum, not speeding ridiculously, but use the momentum to kind of aid you as you ascend the next hill, right? It helps keep some of the strain off of the motor, especially with the heavy load and it would never fail. I would get stuck behind not just slow drivers in the fast lane, but slow drivers in the fast lane doing the opposite of that downhill momentum thing, it's going slower down the hill, making it extremely difficult when I'd get up to the next one because I've now had to slow down, and they zoom off, and here I come with the trailer until I would meet them again on the next hill going down even slower than before for a long time. <laughs> and it was very frustrating. Why is this so frustrating? Why do things like this frustrate us? Well, if I dig into this one a little bit for me, slow drivers in the fast lane is especially frustrating to me because it's just so inefficient. It's inefficient, especially on these hills. There's this skill involved, and these drivers were not exhibiting that skill and bogging it down, and the whole system is just not working. What's interesting about pet peeves is that they reveal things that you value. This is frustrating to me because I value a higher degree of skill. Um, I deeply believe in the way I live my life that raising the bar on kind of whatever it is, raising the bar, doing things really well, helps everyone, helps all of us to be aiming higher and chasing beauty and seeing what's next. And then mediocrity frustrates me because it feels like there's something left on the table, something left undone, unmet potential, and it's just like, ah, but things could be so much better. And I'm reminded of that when I'm frustrated in the fast lane. I could just be frustrated, and that's fine. And I'm still frustrated. It's not that it takes the frustration away. But exploring it helps me to realize the things that I chase with my life, 
The pet peeve, the value, reveals what I value. And when it comes to our emotions, it's kind of the same way. Emotions aren't just random. There's something happening deeper than the emotional response or whatever our circumstances might be. Something deeper within us. And when we choose to avoid those emotions, we're missing some of the clarity that they might bring us if we explored them. I'll say it this way. Emotions reveal something deeper. And they invite us to experience something deeper in return. Why are you downcast, O my soul? It says in the psalm. He's exploring. He's asking why. Why are you downcast? He's exploring his emotion, not avoiding it. Now, what I'm not saying is that emotions should be the driver of our lives. That's something different. You can take this too far. But they do have a purpose. And they shouldn't be so quickly dismissed or disregarded. Emotions are not a design flaw to be overcome. Emmett, our one-year-old, has recently uh, started expressing the emotion of frustration, very recently, within the last week, by hitting. And it's a... I'm frustrated. (laughs) Hit. Oh, boy. I'm angry, so I hit. That's not how life works. We can't do that, buddy. But we can help him to explore, why are you angry? That's the joy. I don't know how well we're doing, but this is what we're trying to do anyway. Why are we angry? What's going on here? Oh, you're not getting what you want as fast as you want it. Okay, well, you're allowed to be angry. Being angry is okay, but we have to be, we can wait and What do we do while we wait? What can we do while we wait? Now, without that exploration, Emmett could be left to his own devices to continue throughout his life, I'm angry. And right now, it's harmless and a little bit cute, like, aw, you're frustrated. But give it a few years, and when he's 12 years old and hitting because he's frustrated, now we've got an issue. Why? because he's not dealing with his emotions appropriately. And if we help him to build patience, his patience would open up a whole new experience of the world to him. Being the ability to be patient makes his life a little less frustrating. He experiences the world differently if he's able to grow in his patience and if we're able to help him to do so. And it's by exploring your emotions. Your emotions should be listened to because they reveal something deeper. And they invite us to experience something deeper in life in return. This is how the psalmist starts the psalm. In verse 1, he says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. Or in other words, as the deer thirsts for streams of water, my soul is thirsty. It's an interesting picture. It's it's the thirst that actually drives us to seek out a refreshing gulp of water. But without the thirst, we don't seek the refreshment. 
our emotions invite us deeper. But we prefer to play it safe, don't we? We prefer to avoid the hard stuff. We try our best to make ourselves believe that everything's fine even if it's not. In order to avoid feeling bad, we avoid anything that would remind us or would cause us to experience those feelings. We avoid anything that would make that happen. But as the wise philosopher Dory the Fish once said, you can't never let anything happen, then nothing would ever happen. You can't never let anything happen, then nothing would ever happen. This is one of my favorite Disney quotes of all time. And I'm a big Disney fan, so that's saying something. If you're not familiar with this movie, Finding Nemo, um, there's a little fish who has a birth defect, a small fin. Um, his name's Nemo. And the small fin, for a fish, it's difficult to swim with one small fin. So he has this dad who protects him and seeks after him, and he needs the aid, but he gets a little overprotective. He becomes obsessed with his son's safety. He's an overprotective father. And well, the time finally comes for Nemo to go to school, and he joins all the little sea creatures in his coral reef, his shallow area, and they take a school trip to the drop-off, where the shallowness of the coral reef drops off, and there's nothing but the big blue, and dangerous creatures, and bigger creatures, and who knows what. And when the dad finds out about this, he's not having it. That's not safe. I'm going to go get my son. And so he charges out to the, where the class is, says, Nemo, we're going home. And Nemo, at this point, is now fed up with the overprotectiveness. And in a moment of rebellion, he says, you know what? Watch this. And he swims out past the deep end, past the drop-off, and things happen. It is more dangerous. He gets taken. There's, he's lost. And yet... This is where the whole rest of the movie takes place. This is where the adventure begins, where there's these beautiful scenes of the ocean and creatures you would have never met. And these it's just incredible. This, out into the deep, is where the adventure of the story happens. And the father chases after for a little while, and then in a moment of desperation just stops and he bumps into Dory the fish. And she's asking, what's wrong? What, what, what can I do to help? And he says, I promised that I would never let anything happen to him. And now look. And she says this quote. Well, that's a funny thing to promise. You can't never let anything happen to him. Then nothing would ever happen to him. In other words... You can play it safe all your life, but your life will always feel shallow. And that's precisely what we do with our emotions. We overprotect from our negative emotions. And so we avoid the depths of what they invite us to experience. In other words, avoidance is seeking safety in the shallows where life is shallow in return. 
If emotions reveal something deeper and invite us to experience something deeper, then avoidance is seeking safety in the shallows where life is shallow in return. It's uncomfortable. But we are lying to ourselves. We are lying to ourselves if we believe that by avoiding negative emotions, our life is somehow made more whole, that it's better. If you choose in a pool to stay in the shallow end where there's only two feet of water because you believe it is safer, you might be right. Maybe. You can still drown in two feet of water. But you're lying to yourself if you believe that in the shallow end, you're experiencing the fullness of what the pool has to offer you. And the danger here is that this illusion of safety lures us into an illusion of satisfaction. I'm safe, and this is good. This is it. This is all life has to offer. The illusion of safety lures us into an illusion, this is it, of satisfaction, when in the heart of hearts, we know it's not true. But what I love about this psalm is that the psalmist finds a way to be honest with himself, to be honest before God. Oh my God, my soul is downcast within me. He is down, defeated, dejected, and he goes to God, and he simply says, this is where I'm at. He tells him like it is. And that's, here's what's freeing about that. Was that a surprise to God? Was God surprised to hear the psalmist say how he was feeling? Oh, I didn't know you were feeling this way. No. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so it's actually going to God that is the very thing that brings up the honesty within ourselves. We're able to be honest with ourselves by going to God because it's really hard to be dishonest with a God who already knows what's going on. When we're honest with God, we find freedom to stop pretending and experience life, full life, as it really is. God invites us to let him have it. All the feelings in the moment, unprocessed, unfiltered, so that we might find freedom within ourselves. And in his presence, as we're face-to-face -face with him, we find ourselves face-to-face -face with a God who cares, who cares deeply for us and is equally powerful to make wrong things right. We say, God, I need you. And he says, I'm here. You're mine. I'm in control. You need not worry. And that's a place with God that I can't access if everything's fine, I'm fine. I don't get there if I'm avoiding it. Eugene Peterson says it this way. 
He says, God is not a surface phenomenon, slight, changeable like moods or weather. He comes to us in the depths, sharing what is most eternal in him with what is most needful in us. Deep calls to deep, the psalm reads. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and your breakers have swept over me. He comes to us in the depths, sharing what is most eternal in him with what is most needful in us. It's precisely this roller coaster of our ever-changing emotional responsiveness to our life that drives us to experience the never-changing constancy of God. Like a deer pants for water, sometimes God wets our appetite for his help when we find ourselves lacking. But we can only get there if we allow ourselves to feel it. Paul taps into this idea later in the New Testament in our Bibles, in Romans 5. He says this, We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us to develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. We can rejoice when we run into problems, The lowest of lows, our experience of pain and suffering somehow produces a spiritual muscle in us that strengthens our faith and allows us to experience God and experience our life more fully. When we encounter negative emotions, we're quick to ask, how can I get out of this? How can I avoid it? And God invites us in to ask, what might this be producing? within me, so that I might experience God in life more deeply. Now, there will be a day. There will be a day when suffering's no more. I'll say that again, because I think we forget. There will be a day when suffering is no more. And yet, you and I don't have to look very hard to see that our current reality doesn't match up with that coming reality. And God has given us this gift, this mechanism of emotions to sense when our current reality isn't lining up with what's coming in eternity. Or the opposite, to rejoice when we catch a glimmer that, yes, this is it. This is, this is kind of like what it's going to be like. And we have this gift of emotions to help point us and recognize that and experience that tension now until it's here. And we can choose to avoid it, but then we'd be missing out and experiencing life in the shallows. Or we can let it deepen our dependency on God, let it deepen our endurance until that day comes. And on this side of the cross, unlike the psalmist, we can let our weaknesses, our sufferings, 
deepen our gratitude for the God who didn't just sit up high and far away. He's not just up there somewhere far away. He came here. He came down to experience suffering right alongside us, sharing in our weakness so that we might share in his strength, both now and in part and in the future forever. So if you're in a season like that now, if you're in the depths, and even if you're not, when you are, let the depths of your emotions lead you to experience the depths of God. Let your thirst lead you to the one who is the living water. Let the depths of your pain lead you to experience the God who shares the infinite depths of himself in order to care and provide for our needs. And so, as we close, the question we're asking today is simply, how are you feeling? Do you know? How are you feeling? And are you avoiding some of those feelings? Or will you let those emotions lead you deeper? And maybe today you know what that thing is. Maybe you know what it is that you need to deal with. And so your prayer this week is simply this. God, give me courage. Give me the courage to go there. Because I believe you're already there waiting for me. Tell him like it is. God, I feel blank. And give me the courage to go there. But maybe you're not sure. Maybe I don't know, you don't know how you're feeling. You're not sure what it is. Maybe there is something, but I don't know. Your prayer for your week is God reveal. Reveal in me where my emotions might deepen my experience of you, might deepen my experience of life. Reveal in me where that place is so that I might go there with you. And so over the course of the next couple songs, as Greg and the band leads us in worship, I'd encourage you, wherever you're at, to start praying that prayer, to begin reflecting, to go there with God. And when you're ready, come to the tables for communion. We take communion every week. There's two tables here in the front. There's one in the back. Take a piece of broken, gluten-free bread that represents the broken body of Jesus. Dip it in the juice, which represents the blood spilt on our behalf. And as you eat it, remember, we don't have to hide from God. Because of Jesus, we don't have to hide. We don't have to pretend. We can bring our brokenness to him because he's the one. He's the one who makes us whole. And he already did that work. Hi again. Just a reminder to let us know that you're listening by heading over to bgcovenant.org connect. If you're ready to be known, we'd love to know you. And we hope you'll join us soon for our live Sunday service at 9.30, 11 a.m. or 11 a.m. online. Thanks for listening.